Now rocking with the best. Only two things can get you through this, man. Patience and persistence. Work harder than everyone. Be patient and just know that if you're gonna do something on your own, you're gonna have to feel some pain. You're only the boss if you put up your own money. If you don't put up your own money, I don't care how much somebody gives you. You're nothing but a supervisor. It's not yours. It, it takes fearlessness to be first. You know, to not move with a crowd, to move alone. I stopped living according to what people wanted me to do. I started living according to what actually made me happy. If you're not happy, change your life. Allow me to reintroduce myself. The Culture Talks Podcast with your host, Carlos Stutzer. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is your boy, C-I-Z-Z-Y, live action from Kansas City, Missouri. You know what it is. And listen, we're back with another episode of the Culture Talks podcast. And as I say every single week, I'm going to come back with a fire guest. And what have I done again? I have come back with a fire guest. Now, if you're watching this clip right now, being that the majority of my listeners are here in Kansas City, you already know who the hell I'm talking about. Look at him, appreciate his face, because you're about to see it for the next hour. Now, those of you that are listening, we have the legendary, and y'all be hating, y'all be like, why you always be saying legendary? Look, I only bring people on who I find their work to be legendary, so that's why I always say legendary. Vani. One of the one of one of the dopest photographers in the city. We have quite a few of them, and he's definitely top three for me, you know. And uh, I'm just happy to have him on today to chop it up about life, chop it up about him, his story, you know, how he got in this photography gang, you know. I said gang, game, and uh, you know, that's what it is, man. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the people, my guy. Yo, 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 yo. how you doing, y'all? My name is Bonnie Roster. Um, Photographer, videographer, extraordinaire. Uh, based out of Kansas City, you dig what I'm saying? Like, uh, I've been doing this for a little bit, about like two years now. Happy to be here, yo. Bless, bless. So now I have a question, man. Is Rasta your actual last name? No, that was just a uh, just a nickname that was kind of given to me when I was like younger. So like right around, I started to grow my hair out right around sophomore year. So then like when like during that summer of it, when they started getting come from twisties and they started getting like really longer like right around to my nose and everything uh that's when everybody started calling me rasta it was like oh yeah look at rasta rasta man all the other shit like that so uh basically i had my my nickname was bond or bonnie or whatever and at that time like somebody was just like yo it's bonnie rasta so i just kind of just went with that and it's been my nickname ever since hey well it's smooth well, it was definitely smooth i was like i was like Am I going to introduce him as, as Vani Rasta or should I just say Vani? Because I'm not sure if Rasta the actual last name or if he actually go by that or what the deal is. So I'm glad I'm glad we know the backstory now, man. So um, you mentioned that you're from Kansas City. Can you drop a little bit more about your origin story? Like what, what part of the city are you from? Where'd you go to school? You know, do you have any brothers, sisters? Talk, talk a little bit about your origin story, my guy. Okay, so. Basically, uh, I'm from the 50s. I'm from uh, the east side of the 50s over there on 51st and College. That's right over there by Walrin, the dangerous area, one of the most dangerous areas in the world. But now, nah, like, uh, yeah, so I'm from the 50s. Um, I grew up over there. Uh, I have about five sisters total. I'm the only boy. I'm the youngest out of everybody. Uh, yeah, man, like, I really just grew up like just kind of like a artistic type of kid like I was into a lot of different stuff other than photography like I still am like so I I draw uh 
was always good at like picking out certain types of music. It was, I always had an eye for certain things. So that's where like that kind of photographer thing came from. Um, I remember when I first started to do uh, photography, which I really even know I was doing. Uh, that's probably back when I was a uh, sophomore, junior or whatever, when we used to take pictures of each other, like uh, like friends and stuff, when we were going out and stuff and I would edit the photos. So then uh, friends would be like, oh dog, you're really good at this. Like, why don't you, do photography and I was like I don't know it's just not it's not really my thing or whatever and then uh after I graduated and I started to do it again that's when I think right around that time that's when the iPhone 7 plus that came out and I had just bought it or whatever and I started to go around and like shoot with it because they had this new portrait mode or whatever and I would post my photos of me and stuff like that or like wherever I was doing and edit them and stuff and then people would come out and be like yo bro how much you charge I was like no I can't do pull up with an iPhone 7 Plus, it just <laughs> doesn't mean some crazy shit. Uh, but if you want to, it'd be $100. <laughs> but, but if you dare, it's like, bro. And then uh, I, what happened with me and how I initially started to get into photography is like I was working at US Bank for a while. And then uh, while I was there, I was just so dis- I was just so disappointed sitting there going to work every single day, every single day working for this bullshit ass job where I already knew they was gonna fire my black ass uh, sooner than later. Where basically, I had my last check and I knew I was gonna get fired. Like I knew I was about to get fired because I was just bullshitting the West too because they were just firing people like this, like left and right. Because it's like that, those type of jobs it has like such a high turnover rate. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to work as much overtime as possible and just try to get as much money on this check as much as I can. So literally what I went and did, I went and researched the camera up. I bought a Panasonic GH4. It had really good video quality. It take, took some decent pictures or whatever. It's a great entry-level camera for me to learn. So then once I bought that, I just started asking friends. I was like, hey, you want to come out and shoot? 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 So then I would just find different people that, that I would just go out and shoot, like my boy uh, Mark, my boy Mandris, uh, uh, most of my, uh, my cousins, Corey and them, like, and we would just go out and shoot and I would just practice constantly with them every day. I'd be like, hey, you want some free photos? And ain't nobody about to turn on free photos. Like, put on a great ass outfit and I'll just go edit it, whatever. So after I started doing that, that's when uh, I started to get way, way, way more better. And then eventually, of course, my job came to fire my black ass. <laughs> I got up out of there. So then I had started just doing it that way. And I just took a bet on myself and I just went ahead and like, all right, bro, I'm just not going to go ahead and try to get another job or whatever. I'm just going to do what I do. But yeah, bro. Amazing, amazing, brother. Listen, I have a question, man. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody is just an iPhone holder, all they got is like an iPhone 6, right? They got an iPhone 6 and they really want to create just they just want to get creative with 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 their with their photos that they take at home. Are there any apps that you like on the app store? Are there any like photo tricks you would suggest with just using an iPhone considering you was taking some fire photos with the iPhone 7 at one point? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, do you have any like tips for anybody who's looking to get creative and just, you know, dabble with the iPhone's camera? Uh, yeah, you can, you can really just update your phone. If you update your phone, like any iPhone at any point, you can just use the portrait mode. Portrait mode is plenty enough to go ahead and just start shooting, going out and shooting with your phone, with your iPhone and everything like that. Like, uh, iPhones nowadays, they almost have as much resolution as a 
not as not not like a bigger sensor on like a regular camera and stuff like that, but they they do have a, a, a high a high resolution almost as most cameras because like a regular I wouldn't say a regular like a really good hybrid uh, camera that comes in is like a, like my camera like my camera is a Nikon Z6 it shoots 24 megapixels so like but it also it has a bigger sensor that's the only thing about like the digital cameras now uh, but it has 24 megapixels your iPhone has like 18 megapixels. So it's not really off. So you can go out and pick up your phone and just start shooting and doing whatever you want to do. Oh shit, my photos just came. <laughs> Sorry about that. Some film photos just came in. I just noticed that on my phone. But um, yeah, so you can just go out and just start shooting like with your iPhone any place. And then like for editing, you can use things like Visco. And a lot of people use Visco. Um, yeah, Lightroom uh, has a mobile app now. So you can get on a uh, Lightroom mobile app and just start going, start doing whatever. I do that sometimes when I'm at work. So I'll just uh, sit down, I'll just take some pictures or whatever around the city, like just for myself, just like so in my spare time, I'm just sharpening my sword, I'm just editing, I'm just coming up with new edits wherever I can. Like sometimes I have this segment on my uh, my story where I just pick random people's photos and like just go ahead and just start editing them, and just edit them, edit them, just send them to them. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, so you can do just about anything on your iPhone if you just want to pick up and start from there. But if you want to do like, entry level stuff or whatever if you want to start doing in like regular photography like uh i have a lot of people that dm me and ask me about like hey what's a great entry level camera and like i usually tell them like a like you can get a really inexpensive camera you can get like a sony a6400 for about like seven eight hundred dollars right around there that's a really great camera uh you can get and no plug because they're not paying us <laughs> 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 but uh yeah you just find like a, a really good entry level camera like that and you can just go out and start shooting right now i love it i love it i love it it's funny because you know people always are trying to find you know some excuse to not get active when it comes to pretty much anything but especially in this creative world like what i've seen is like people are like ah, i really want to get into photography but i don't have the money to buy a camera ah i want to get into doing podcasts but i don't have the right mm -hmm. mic Ah, I want to get into, you know, vlogging, but I don't have, again, a, a good vlogging camera. And it's just like, bro, work with what you got at first, like, and, and make it dope. If you're really creative and if you really care about the the, the quality of the work you put out, you're going to find a way to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? So I, I knew I wanted to ask you that question just for all those, you know, want to be photographers who keep claiming they're trying to be that. But then they're like, no, I don't have a camera, bro. Take your iPhone 7, because I know you spent $2,000 on that two years ago, and go take some photos. Also, instead of updating your next iPhone, just go buy a camera. Go buy a camera. <laughs> like, literally, it's really, like, I think people get shocked by the price when they see it at first. So it was like, oh, my God, $1,500, $1,700. I was like, bro, if you really just break it down, if you have, like, like if you break down it from your check, you just, either you divide it by two or you divide it by three. That's what I usually do with my, uh, when I want to make a bigger purchase. Like I'm trying to buy a camera right now for $3,500, but literally what I just do, like any money I make from photography or videography, it just goes straight to my savings. And then um, anything from my check or whatever, then I'll just take like bits and pieces. I'm not just saving it up. I don't have to have it now. Like I can have it three, four months down the line. It doesn't matter to me. I think that sometimes people just get scared off by the price. For sure, for sure. So I want to I want to swing back a little bit. Can we talk a little bit about you know outside of photography or or you know just creative things? Did you have any other hobbies or things that you were interested in growing up, like mm -hmm. sport or trying to be a 
television oh. guy or a metro <laughs> or a meteorologist or a firefighter? Like what were some of your early hobbies growing up? Uh yeah. Uh so I played football for the longest. I've been playing football since I was like ten or eight years old. So I played football up into college. So I got to college in uh Lincoln University my freshman year and I started to play there. Uh, eventually, I, that's why I just gave up for uh, for to go out and do creative things. Um, I was in school for journalism. Now, I wanted to be a journalist at first, but then after a while, that got boring as well. I think with creative minds, is like if it just gets boring way too fast to us, we just they'd be like, man, fuck it, I ain't, I ain't gonna touch it. Like, I think just sometimes I just have creative brains work. But like same thing when I was drawing, like I, I'm very, very, very good. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, like literally, I think. Like when I, I first started to get take drawing seriously in seventh grade, I went to uh, a school. Um, it was like a real kind of ritzy kind of fancy school or whatever you can think of it. But basically they had like an art program too. So when I was there, like uh, they asked us to paint and all that stuff like that, paint your paint what you were inspired by. Uh, when I was younger, my dad used to buy like, we well, not buy, he actually used to find these encyclopedias of black history and stuff so I would just read those when I was a kid because I was just so interested in history and just keep learning and learning and learning um so I would take those and I would just look at different people and read about them every time I would try to find as much as I can find out about that person um so I just painted like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, uh, uh, Nelson Mandela, Harriet Tubman, uh, I was just painting, 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 stuff like that. And I think some of my paintings are probably still in the H&R building because that's where the competition was. But like, they should still be, it should still be hanging up there. Uh, and also, I think I got looked at by the Nelson for like a scholarship or whatever, you know, when I was younger. But yeah, that's right. That's probably my my biggest hobby at that time. I love it. I love it. That's dope. That's dope. I love when you find out things that you don't know about people. It's like somebody could be like looking at all your Instagram content in the past like year or two or three years and be like, oh yeah, fire photographer, funny guy. But they don't know that, <laughs> they don't know that, you know, you fire a drawing or that you play football leading up to college or, you know, that you went to college. And I want to talk about that. Let's talk about Lincoln College. Like, what was that experience like? I'm pretty sure, tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's like a historically black college. Um, so tell me about that experience you know some positives some negatives and um you know what 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 you think you learned from your experience in college uh i think what i learned from my experience in college because when i was first choosing the college i was mostly thinking about sports at that time and then uh also the education too but it was really mostly sports so i was sitting there i was like either i can just go to northwest missouri state and just walk on or whatever and then uh which is a really great school but it's, it's a predominantly white school I can go to Northwest Missouri State, about an hour and a half away from here, or I can go to Mo State, which again, another really great school, PWI, but it's an hour away or whatever, or I can go to HBCU. So even though I was thinking about sports, I was also thinking about my comfortability. So I was like, how comfortable am I going to be at this PWI? Nothing against them or whatever, but like I, we, we hear too many stories about what happens at like PWIs and stuff like that. And then also, I ain't got time to be beating up nobody's kid. You dig know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you trying you trying to get an education in and skin out. Yeah, education, and I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna keep beating up Tanner because he want to say some racist shit. Like <laughs> like you dig know what I'm saying? I and definitely like, understand. There's no no hate to anybody that goes to PWIs. No, like a lot of black people get sensitive about it when they be like, "What the PWIs right next to me?" It's like I don't I don't care. <laughs> but uh, when I went to HBCU and I went to Lincoln for a visit, it was I just felt very comfortable. And I felt like in my zone and I felt like 
Like it was so many black folks walking around learning and doing all this super crazy positive shit. And I was like, how could I not go here? You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was another HBCU was on my list. It was Grambling. And I was like, yo, that'd be, that'd be even dope, but I just had to move outside of the city and stuff. So I decided to be like, all right, I'm just gonna stay uh, home because Jefferson City is like not that far from me. It's like two, three hours away, maybe. And I'm just gonna go ahead and just do this shit. So that was a great positive of walking around and just seeing your people like on their shit and doing their shit and like like seeing the new future of it, the parties, the uh, uh, the friends you make, all that stuff like that, and the experience that you have. Um, that was good. I think the only negative of it was kind of like the living conditions sometimes. Cause like, like, you know, like certain HBCUs, they don't have a lot of money. It's not like how, like, you know, like a Langston or a Grambling or a Howard and stuff like that, where it's kind of different, where it's like, it's more updated and things like that. But certain HBCUs, say HBCUs, like smaller ones, they don't have the, the certain type of funding to, to get certain things done. Cause like when I, the hall I stayed in, it looked like twenties. Like I was, I was like, I'm back home. <laughs> so I was sitting there like, no, baby, all he, said, he said, I thought I was leaving. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was on the East. I was like, yeah, what's going on? But um, yeah. So like, I think that's the only thing about it is just like, kind of like the funny things, but that's not their fault. You dig what I'm saying? Like, because like, um, like students or whatever or whoever who have come who have who have made it and get been successful like they should donate to the to the school or whatever uh because that's what they do with those pwis so like the people who are successful and they go away they donate to their alma mater i think that's more things that should happen but yeah i think that was probably only con about it but other than that it it didn't really bother me because i'm already coming from a product of my environment so i'm already coming from like a whole hood mentality the whole like what happens when i get when i get out the hood shit like that so I was I was fine with it. Yeah. So, final question in regards to college. What what like during the years you were in college? What was the music that was popping? What was like the style of clothing that was popping at that time? What was going on in pop culture during your years at college? Like, I just I like this is like a new question I'm gonna start asking. So, like, what was going on in pop culture? What was like the hit song that was popping? What was going on at all the at the parties? Like, what were people wearing? What was the shoe that was out? Like, what was popping? At that time, bro, literally, uh, what was cracking was uh, this is when I, I think 2014 around that time is when was it 2014 or 15? Was, I think it was 15. So uh, yeah, 15 because I stayed a year uh, before I went off. Uh, 2015 literally was like the last year of mixtapes. I want to mm. say mm. it was literally like around the, like the last year of mixtapes. So we're around that time. Like when did when did J Cole's uh, 2014 uh, Forest Hills Drive come out? Was it like late 2014? Because I remember it was like a year we kind of trans over. Yeah, I feel like it was because I remember I like left, I like graduated and left to California. I remember listening to that like during my during my like time away in California. So I think it was like late 2014 or mid 2014. No, late yeah, late 2014 going into the new year for 2015. Somewhere, yeah. pretty sure. I remember around that time because I was slapping the hell out of, this, uh, out of that. It was that, and then it was uh, if you're reading this, it's too late. Uh, was going crazy. Like I said, it was last year the mixtapes. So that's when I found out about Kevin Gates, and that's when that song. Oh my diamond shining, really that that song was out, and then uh, his mixtape was out. So like that's when I was just like listening to his shit, and then it was uh, it was a whole bunch of shit that was out, bro. Like, it was going crazy, but I say the style around that time. Uh, Damn, what was the style? Because literally, the only impacting styles that I remember the most is like when we was younger, 
So like, I want to say around 2011, that's when a whole bunch of people was wearing like polo and Tommy Hilfiger and that type of style. But that kind of phased out. And then uh, especially like Obey and Diamond Supply and all that stuff like that. And then like that phased out. I think the next style that was coming up after that, I think mostly people were just wearing like regular like Nike, Adidas and stuff like that, uh, which which some cool sneakers and shit like that. Uh, I don't really know. That's a great question. No, I, yeah, I, I think I think you're I think you're right though. That like it was like the that when we we're when we were younger was definitely like the most like iconic moments. So like when we were like hella young, like going like you know elementary ish, like to like probably like fifth grade, sixth grade was mm-hmm. like just the 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 era of like big ass clothes like mm-hmm. like you could say soldier boy had it soldier boy i think brought it back but i think it was already happening before soldier like like because of ai because of alan iverson and his whole impact on culture and everything like that so i remember like big ass clothing like big ass g unit uh g unit sweatsuits and rock rock aware sweatsuits and stuff like that uh fubu sweatsuits <laughs> and, all, and, and all that and then I remember like middle school was like like jerk era like when people started rocking skinny jeans and graphic tees with the snapback that shit was crazy like I, I still remember when my cousin was like bro like I'm about to uh, start wearing skinny jeans I was like you about to start wearing skinny jeans <laughs> you about to start doing what so I'm thinking like alright it's gonna be cool or whatever and I'm not, I'm not gonna out my cousin because he probably don't want to hear this shit uh, but he was like, Yo, I'm about to start wearing skinny jeans. So I'm like, all right, cool. But uh, I'm, I'm thinking he's just gonna wear some black ones or like probably like some gray ones, like some decent, like regular colors. Uh, he came out there with the turquoise teal skinny jeans on. I was so fucking mad. I was like, boy, you bright as fuck out here. You draw nothing but attention to yourself. I, I, am I am weak. I am weak. Like shit. So I was like, we could have been into it with somebody. I'm trying to stay in the mix. I'm trying to like stay out of people's view or whatever, just in case some shit happened. I know where everybody's at and everything. Right. You shine a beacon on us. <laughs> <laughs> My man, the only man in the in the party, just blue. <laughs> blue. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> exactly. Literally, just like the light. No, that's mad funny. I remember, like, I rocked, like, some white skinny jeans, like, the first time, like, to school, to school, and my mom didn't see what I was wearing, like, when I went into school, and I came home with the skinny jeans on, and she was like, what are you wearing? I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, jeans? She's like, why is this so tight? Is this is woman jeans? I was like, nah, ma, these regular, they're like, it's in style. She'd be like, all right, so sorry for anybody who's hearing this. No disrespect, I got love for everybody in the LGBTQ community, but yeah. my mom was like, are you a gay? <laughs> I was like, mom, like, I'm just wearing skinny jeans. No, 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 I heard this is what I am hearing. <laughs> I'm like, yo, African moms just be saying whatever come out their mouth. I'm like, yo, mom, that don't got nothing to do with these skinny jeans, but I remember she hated them. She but- hated them so much. Can we talk about black parents and like <laughs> black parents not being able to understand like what what kids are wearing? But if you go back and look at some of the shit that they was wearing, it's like, bro, you can't even judge me, bro. Like I see, I seen a picture of like my dad in like the seventies. I was like, no, you can't talk about nothing I'm wearing at all. Big <laughs> ass clothes, just sat in the third. I was like, man, you had on this silk ass shirt <laughs> with these bell bottom ass pants. 
Hey, you got the nerve to say something to me. To me? <laughs> Man, nah, that stuff be having me weak. That's how I do with my older siblings because I got like a big family. My older siblings are like in the late 30s and 40s and stuff because we got like big ass family. I'm like the last born, right? Yeah. And so I got their pictures from high school and they wearing like them 90, the, like them, them early 90s with the big ass heels like or no the the three platform <laughs> heels with the yeah. with the bootleg jeans with the jeans flare out at the bottom with yeah. like a with like a freaking poofy neck top with their hair i'm like yo hey i don't want to hear nothing <laughs> nothing at all bro i don't want to hear nothing at all get to the 80s and what <laughs> like bro come on bro we can sad, 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 have an old lady at all no Nah, I respect all, all all the eras though. They all got some weird, funny shit though. It's dope to look back on. Um, it's gonna be us soon. So like, if you think about it, it's gonna be us later on in life when we're teaching our kids and like, hey, this is what we used to wear. This is what we used to do, or whatever. I'm gonna still accept it for whatever whatever my kids wear. If like it's them expressing themselves, that's that's where our culture comes from anyway. Yeah. If our styles change up, the music changes up. Like it's just how our shit is. Facts, facts, facts. And it's like everything's influenced by different things in different cultures. Like, like when I was living in LA, their like whole style is literally, well, at least from my experience, it's like just straight gang influenced. Like, completely. I was like, I was like, I was just looking at their fits. I was like, why does everybody I'm looking at look like these niggas out of fucking boys in the hood? <laughs> I was like, Right. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna talk about the nigga because like, I'm going there like next week. So I, yep. I yep. no, it's, <laughs> hey, it's dope. It's dope. That, exactly. I, I'm not the West Coast. I fuck hey, with nah. that. Nah, <laughs> facts, facts, nah. But um, speaking of looking back on things and things that have passed, man, give me give me some reflections of 2020, man. Some of the most challenging moments, um, and maybe a little bit of the most most happy moments from the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 2020. I think the most challenging thing was kind of like me still dealing with uh, relationships mm-hmm. and still keeping relationships together. Um, not only the fact of work, outside of work, that type of thing, um, and kind of like dealing with keeping them and keeping them like associated. Because I think in 2020, I kind of got tired of doing like playing the whole game, mm-hmm. of playing the whole industry like game of like I'm trying to be cool with somebody and I just, I just don't agree with nothing this motherfuckers do or, or they say I stopped taking jobs just simply before the uh for the for the bread of it because it was just kind of like dog I've, I've always just felt like sometimes when I take those jobs I just feel so bad because I was like dog I feel like I'm just not gonna give my all to these people you dig what I'm saying so I stopped taking jobs especially like certain uh video jobs where it just be like the video idea sounds bad and I'm just like dog okay because like usually how I work is I try to work with the artist or the client or whatever and we come up with a great idea together uh it's another reason why i stopped doing music videos but uh i would try to come up with a great idea together and to try to make something different and create, put out this dope creative piece and things like that so uh that's one of the that was one of my biggest challenges of letting that go and just being like because now i'm happier with myself because people know to respect my craft when i when they come over here it's not just gonna be like oh here's some money do whatever i say type thing you know what i mean and I think which is more what more videographers need to videographers and photographers need to start doing. Like really people just need to come together and make a collaborative effort. And that's what a collab is for. That's what collaboration is for. Um but some of the positives that came out of it is just you started to get more work done and you started to like be able to work a little bit more. 
and get out a little bit more. Uh, I say I will say the only something that's very limiting, like when doing photography and videography, when it's like now when it gets cold outside, because you can't go outside and use and use like regular like shit like how you used to. I think that's another challenge as well because like you can't go nowhere without a fucking mask now. So like you can't go into certain buildings without a mask or it's got too many people in here, this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. And that was the only thing about it. So like when you're a videographer, photographer, everything is free around you. You can do, do whatever you want. You dig what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I think, that was a, I think the only positive about it was just like more people willing to work and more people willing to get out because so people were so, so cramped up in the house and shit. It was just like, oh, bro, I got to get out. I got to go do something. I got to do this. And then, like, more people would just get out and start going out and work. So it made it easier now. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I was trying to figure out, like, how all these people in so many different industries are pivoting during 2020 because of the pandemic and because of, like, the the obstacles that were put in front of people. And it's Mm -hmm. funny because everyone, like, really – has completely different experiences, but regardless, faced an obstacle, and it's just a good reminder that we all went that went through that together. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's also just a good reminder that you know every day, regardless if it was a pandemic or not, people are going through challenges, trying to figure out how to pivot, trying to figure out how to like make things work in whatever they're doing for their career path, or maybe it's a relationship, or maybe it's their health. Like people are all on a path to like progression, and we gotta like respect that like you know going going forward is 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 kind of how i'm feeling about 2020 it's like look if anything they should show you we all collectively as an entire human race are unified whether you like it or not like something ties us together something like you know (laughs) and it's like if you if you didn't realize that after this year then shit you know i don't know when you're gonna realize it (laughs) all in this big milky way universe Shit, so. so I didn't I didn't really know that you did uh, videography until like maybe like two, three weeks ago when you posted a photo of like your prices and stuff. And I saw videography as an option on there. And I was like, oh, snap. So um, maybe just reflect on some of your past like shoots, like video shoots you've done. What what have what has one project? What was one project that stands out to you as something that you really enjoyed doing? Uh, one thing I really enjoyed doing uh I think I really enjoyed like traveling to different cities and just doing videos for the city or whatever. It's kind of like I did it. I was planning on doing a video for my own city. I, well, actually, no, I did do one, but it wasn't up to the part that I wanted it to be. But it got a lot of, lot of love. Uh, probably my most shared video I ever had. But uh, literally, I think like traveling to different cities and doing different videos for those cities and going to like their historical spots and stuff like that and then traveling up. Like I did, we went to Chicago for my birthday uh, last year. And then uh, we just kind of walked around and I just was going to different spots. It was like, uh, when I get in different sp- cities, and this is gonna be the same way I'm gonna get when I get into LA next week, is that I, I just like going around and shooting constantly, constantly just finding different things. It's just, it's just like my, my mind just opens up like as soon as I get to a different city because it just feels like better. Uh, that, and then uh, also like concerts, like I miss doing concerts, like I used to, sh- like before people usually know me as I used to be like a predominantly concert photo shooter. So I would go to nothing but hip hop concerts and just do photos and videos and stuff like that for them. Like I did a uh, Sada Baby, G Herbo, uh, J-Rock, uh, Boz, uh, Jesse Reyes, uh, a, a, like a bunch of different people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then like that was something that was 
such an impact on my life and it's still something I'm going to end up doing again once everything gets back to its normal thing but but doing the videos off of those I remember I did a video with uh when I was at Rico's Nasty, Rico Nasty's concert or whatever and it was just so fucking dope and then like literally after I had recorded that video it was so many people DMing me like especially videographers like bro what settings do you use this <laughs> 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 like yeah so that, I think that's one thing that like I really liked about it I like it. I like it. Didn't you shoot uh uh Sean when he did that uh when he opened up for mm-hmm. yeah that those those were fire. Those were some fire clips, man. I like that. I, I think that's when I first found you on Instagram. Like cause because before we before we ran into each other that one day at the skate park, mm-hmm. I had seen you around IG before. I just had yet to follow, but I had seen your work before. And I think that's the first time I saw your work was from 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 that from that concert. I was like, oh, this shit is fire. Who shot this? And then you know, you know, when people be on their IG stock and click, oh, oh, fire. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um so how did you learn how to like use cameras, how to how to how to shoot correctly or these certain settings. Did you have a mentor? Are you using YouTube? Um, did you take some side classes at Lincoln? How'd you how'd you learn how to, you know, manipulate and, and, and finesse the camera to to create some dope ass content? I went to uh YouTube the student YouTube University. Uh, hey. you dig what I'm saying? Uh, I learned from my many teachers. <laughs> but um yeah so i went to youtube and i just like to start i just dived into it like immediately like i just started looking at different people like regulars at first i was literally looking at the regular photographer videographer ones like the peter mckinnons and um the maddie hapologias uh and then i started to uh go from that and i started to find the smaller youtubers but they were still doing they were still doing so much dope shit you know what i'm saying like like the uh like the valandalist valandalist uh of the world he's like a a nigga from detroit which really inspired me which how he really inspired me especially how i do and started to do film is that um i remember before i started doing uh youtube and shit and i was just like uh maybe i should start doing youtube i don't know because everybody was telling me to do youtube it's like bro you should go do youtube you should go do youtube it's like it's perfect for you to do it like you have personality all that shit like that so I was like, I don't know, because like, bro, I'm a hood nigga from the 50s. I'm, I'm going to be sitting on there saying, fuck shit, nigga, blah, 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 this, I just said a third, because that's just my language is how I talk. I, it's hard for me to clean up shit. You dig what I'm saying? Um, So like when I was noticing that with Landis, Landis was on there just saying like, yeah, nigga, this, that, and third, yada, 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 yada. Uh, he wasn't a big tech reviewer dude, like how like I see other people is. He was like, all right, listen, dog, I'm going to tell you if this shit is good or if it's not. Like, I'm not about to do this with y'all. And I'm like, and people was respecting it and loving it and going to it. And I'm like, yo, this is a market for this shit. Like, you don't have to know all the smallest specs for this shit to be able to get out there and talk about it and shit. So, like, I think that's one thing that really inspired me to go on and do my journey and stuff. But, yeah, so YouTube University uh, and then on the field experience, like going out and just having to switch and, like, look at different settings and do different settings. Like, uh, I have my camera right here. So, like. Whenever you see a, a photographer or a videographer do this thing where it's kind of like they're looking down, checking their settings and trying to do all these other things like that, it's a, it's a word for that. It's called chimming. So like when you're chimming, you keep looking down, check your settings and change it and do all these other things like that. So like chimming a lot and doing that a lot 
it helps you get right back into the settings. Like, all right, I know where this goes. I know how this do. I know how this affects this. And you just automatically start doing it. You start checking and be able to uh, reverse and do stuff like that. Like I do that a lot at concerts. So like when I'm doing it on the concerts, uh, I'm constantly looking down, checking my settings because you got to make sure because lighting in concerts change rapidly. So you got to be fast at that shit. Um, yeah, like that's how I learned. It's just experience in YouTube University. I love that. I love that. Um, so I want to transition into how'd you get into shooting film? When did you start shooting film? I don't know too much about that, but I do know that you're one of the only photographers in the city that I know that's doing that and it's fire. So can you kind of just explain um, the process of shooting film? Because I know that's a longer process. You mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you know, something about California and it takes a while to get stuff in. So can you just talk about that whole cycle of from from the time you take the photos or how you take the photos, um, what you need, and then going into when you get them returned back to you in full form? Yeah, uh, film photography is so dope because uh, film photography, especially like depending on which one you're shooting, like if you shoot like a media format camera, which is like you'll see these big ass cameras like this, um, and then you have like pointed shoots, like the little ones I just use for like my regular photos that I take of myself on Instagram. Um, yeah, so you have like your regular 35 millimeter, that's what we'll see just released to the public like during those times. Like, so like most pointed shoots came out in like the 80s and 90s and shit like that. Uh, auto focus wasn't that great because that shit was always missing, but not to get technical. Uh, but you'll see those little, those little bitty film rolls, uh, 35 millimeters. Then you have the bigger ones, which are the medium formats. So the medium formats are about this tall. Uh, you only get about 10, 15 shots on them, depending on what kind of camera you got. Uh, and they go by different sizes. So like uh, 120 film, you get like six by sevens, and that's a six by seven picture. Or if you have like a six by four. Uh, it's just a six by four kind of picture. And then they also have square, which is a six by six. Um, so on different cameras, like the medium formats, you get a higher resolution. So you still see people today use medium format cameras in photo shoots. Like they still do them for magazines. They still do them for certain artists, album covers, um, uh, even like computer login screens. Like they do a lot, like uh, this camera specifically. Like this is a Mamiya RB67. Uh, if you go look up <laughs> this camera, do you remember like back in uh, school, like uh, you remember that uh, that little green landscape where it's like a grass and a blue sky and shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was taken on this camera. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so like that's where that's where that came from. But uh, yeah, bro, like I think what I, what helped me get into it so much is just like the look of it like and how like film looked because like you can blow this 120 frames uh photo up and it'll be like such a higher resolution than regular like digital camera because digital camera like they can they can only shoot to a certain amount of megapixels so the highest i've seen was 100 megapixels on a digital camera which is like a ten thousand dollar camera but if you go for like uh, a film camera and you shoot a one you shoot 120 you're shooting a higher resolution than that so why wouldn't you just go get that and you could just blow it up as big as you want to at any point in time and it'll still look the same so uh that was another reason i got into film uh, with the whole like uh sending the shit out to california it's like uh, i get my my film developed at the dark room the dark room is in uh, uh california i think it's palmano beach or something like that in california whatever mm -hmm. um but yeah you send it off to them so i usually take some like what well, now is different because it takes like five days now or more or longer. 
to get there. And then because uh, of the pandemic and what's going on and shit. But uh, usually you send it there. It takes about three days to get there. Then uh, three days to go into production. And then you'll get them back probably like that Saturday or whatever. Especially if you send it off on uh, Monday or whatever. Um, yeah, so usually you'll get it back. They'll send you scans of images, kind of like how this is right now. I'm going to my phone. So you'll see right there, it'll have all the things right there. So it'll say uh, your photos have been received, uh, they're being uploaded, and you just go to your app and you just pick it up from your app. So then you can just go ahead and do that. And then they'll send you the film back, your negatives back. So you can keep the negatives and you can scan them whenever you want. Again, like say if you lose the photos, but you still have them. And they'll still come out in the highest of quality and stuff as long as you just put them up. Um, yeah, so like to induct that into photography now because Another reason why I started to do it is because I wanted to be more included into the photos instead of just taking the photos. If mm -hmm. I wanted people to actually really try to model for the photos because when you're when you're shooting on a digital camera, you're getting thousands of pictures, thousands of pictures. You get a thousand. I can I can shoot a thousand pictures on a, a digital photo easy. But the only thing about it is that you keep constantly showing people the photo, like yo, here, here you go, look at this, look at this, look at this, whatever. To like to make themselves feel more comfortable. I want to make myself feel more uncomfortable. I wanted to get out there and be like, all right, I have 15 shots on this roll. If I mess up one, I just mess up one. It's just how it's just how it goes. Same thing is like, well, people don't have to keep constantly coming back and asking me, like, hey, can I see the photo? It's like, no, it's, that's not what we're doing. Like, you know what I'm saying? You have to get out there, you have to work. Like, you can't constantly just be worried about it. I think that takes you out of the moment. Like if you're constantly worried about like how you look and stuff like that, you have to trust one another. That's basically what it is. It's just like you're constantly trusting one another. So we got there in the field doing film. So yeah, that was another thing that was just like I wanted to be like introduced to just being more uncomfortable and then learning all ways of photography. I love that. I love that. That's dope, man. That's dope. That's a that's a great way to go about tapping into your creativity like even deeper. It's like yo, I. I know how to shoot for photography like on a digital it's fun it's dope i get to make people happy i get to create something but like let me tap in deeper let me go more in depth let me really get in tune with the art of it and i love that i love that that's fire um <clears throat> so who are if you have any if you don't you know we skip the question but do you have any f favorite people to shoot with um or whether it's a specific person or a certain types of energies or characters that you like to shoot with more mm -hmm. uh, i love to shoot with people where i i don't even have to say what to do like that's that's one thing i really like i like i like when i'm like when i'm ever shooting with somebody and i just never have to tell them what to do i think some people have this like uh the stigma of photographers like we have ninety thousand poses in our heads like yo like you gotta do this and this and the third and that's not <laughs> reality that's not reality like i'm a human being at the end of the day like right, like, right, right. like i have probably like 15 photos in your head for your mind like it's just <laughs> like, <laughs> and then like, the thing is is like when you're doing that it's uh <laughs> like when you tell the people like poses it like not everybody's gonna want to do the pose that you want that you told them to do right so, like people constantly be like no nah, i don't want to do that i don't want to do that i don't want to do that and that's fine it's not a big deal but after a while, after I get to pose 15 and you still don't want to do none of these poses, we have a problem. <laughs> like, it's, it's on you now, but it's on you now. Like, I've given you 20 of these joints and you still don't want to do them. Like, you know what I mean? I think that's one of the, probably the most frustrating part. But um, when I just don't have to tell people to do anything, like, they just naturally get into their mode. Like, uh, a person that's people that's really good at that, um, this girl named uh, Jenna Lou, 
Jenna, I worked with her a lot. She was one of the first people I actually shot with my uh, film camera. Uh, Jenna, uh, Jermaine Arcane. Uh, I never had to tell him, that's bro. You know what I mean? I never had to tell him what to do. He just goes off and starts doing his thing. Uh, Rayon, Ray Smith, same thing. Uh, uh, Leslie, Leslie, uh, her name is Roxanne on Instagram. You probably seen her on my, some of my pages. Never have to tell her what to do. Um, it's a bunch of different people. You dig what I'm saying? Like where, like it just, they just make it so easy for. Uh, another one, uh, Gigi Javon. Uh, her name is Gigi Goddess on Instagram. Uh, never have to tell her. Uh, yeah, bro. And there's just also people who just bring a different style to it. Like uh, even from like friends and family members, like my uh, my brother Unique. Uh, same kind of same thing. It's just, he just brings a different style to it. Uh, bro, it's fire. I don't know what it is. Like I don't know what it is, but like his 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 presence is just fire like on camera and behind like i don't know why i don't even even think i follow him but anytime i see his like pictures of him like somewhere i'm like fire like i don't know why i always appreciate it but i'm like fuego (laughs) i was the one who took him (laughs) (laughs) because it was me (laughs) (laughs) like no 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 for real he um he's like he's like like a really really dope person you dig what i'm saying like uh i've been friends with unique since like damn near middle school so like we've been like this for a long time. So like we work really well together. So and the same thing with, like with my other cousin, uh, my other cousin Buzz. Like he raps as well, and like uh, he's same same thing. He has that energy where he just like is like a dope person. You dig what I'm saying? Like that's the only type type of people I keep around. You dig what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, uh, shooting bro is like hella cool. Uh, it is sometimes sometimes i do find a challenge oh lillian lillian is another person that's like really really dope i never had to tell her what to do um but shooting with those type of people makes your job so much easier and it makes everything creatively better because they are open to doing different things like they're not scared to be like no fuck it i'm not gonna do that blah blah blah. like no let's try it let's see how it looks because like working with me and like a lot of a lot of people who worked with me before like working with me, I could just come off the rings with some other shit out of nowhere. And I'd be like, yo, let's try this. Let's try to do this or whatever. And most people would be like, all right, cool, let's do it. You dig what I'm saying? Like, so like I shoot a lot of street art, I shoot a lot of street photography. And like with street photography, it's so different. Like you don't know what you're gonna get because you could just find like a dope ass location and make it fire. Like a lot of studio photography is cool or whatever, but sometimes it's just the same thing over and over and over again. And I, I get tired of doing it. So yeah, like I think that's the one thing that makes it a little bit easier is just like people who are so ready to dive in it creatively and so ready to do whatever that it you can just make any type of fire photo you want. Like I just posted a uh, thing, a poll on my Instagram, and I was like, "Yo, uh, we don't we have to be outside for like 20 minutes. I only need you for 20 minutes to shoot this uh to shoot this uh photo, or whatever." But it's some photos I'm about. I took up at uh the Chinese restaurant up the street from uh from the crib and shit like that. And then uh, just gonna see if it likes how it looks, bro. You dig what I'm saying? That's fire. That's fire. So I want you to tell me if if you're the type of person that 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 shares their plans. But what what is uh the future of 2021 looking like for you in terms of things that you want to complete or things that you want to get involved in? It doesn't even have to be about your creative art. It can be. It can shit. It can be anything. But what are some things you want to do in 2021? What are some some things you want to achieve in 20? I almost said 2041. 2021. Uh yeah. Um, really, uh, honestly, it was just be to grow this YouTube channel a lot to the point to where like, all right, I can quit my job and uh, I can 
like I can just focus on my clients and more you know, photography and videography and stuff like that, and I can just live off of that. Like I think that's one thing that's like I'm trying to complete that goal for this for this year. Uh, also, I want to say uh, since I lost a lot of weight, like I lost over sixty pounds this year. Thank you. Let's go, my boy. Thank you, thank you, thank you, audience, please. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i lost over 60 pounds and i felt uh comfortable in myself when i did that because i used to weigh like 330 so like i used to be like a really big guy i was still just moving around but uh decided to do that because i was just i felt uncomfortable at that time uh with myself and i felt uncomfortable like i was still a confident guy but i think it was just the look i was like all right i'm uncomfortable with this i'm gonna go ahead and change my look up because i was always like a guy who weight fluctuated like I would get big and then I would get small and I'll get big and I'll get small. But then this time I just stayed at that in that weight and I was just like, all right, no, I'm not about to do this. So that um, I'm more so I think I probably it's time to start putting on some muscle because I, I got to a certain weight where I was like, all right, I'm comfortable at being at this like 265, 270 range. I just want to build some muscle on that. Like forget everything else. I don't want to get I don't want to be too small. I don't want to get too big or whatever. I just want to stay at this weight size and just build muscle for me. Uh, that and then uh getting back to my hobbies and also trying new hobbies like I'm going back to drawing i just bought my first sketchbook i haven't bought one since fre for instance freshman year wow. uh, i want to uh start to do uh different types of art from that like i want to start doing watercoloring and painting and stuff like that again uh and then also i want to just I, I always wanted to learn how to play an instrument you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? i used to play sax when i was in elementary school but i, I don't remember all of it so i was like I might pick up the saxophone again, or I might, uh, I always wanted to learn guitar or like piano or something like that. I love it. I love it. Those are all super dope things, man. Super dope. So I got two final questions for you. I got a bonus question. I call it the bonus question, but the funny the thing bonus is, round. <laughs> bonus round, answer in two seconds or less. <laughs> hey, I might add that in. You just gave me that idea. I might add a little Pac-Man <laughs> background sound, <laughs> but, um, no, so if there was any place in the world that you could shoot tomorrow, right? I'm like, boom, Vani, I'm about to buy you. I'm about to put $3,000 towards a ticket and some stay, like wherever you want in the world right now. And the only, the only agreement is that you have to shoot some content while you're there. Mm -hmm. What place would you want to go to anywhere in the world? Like any city, any town, you know, expenses paid for tomorrow so don't think about the future think about right now tomorrow you'd be going where, where would you go uh well certain places i want to shoot but I also i don't want to be disrespectful to their culture and like mm -hmm. how they, like they treat it yeah. so i'm thinking of like mayan ruins i'm thinking of uh uh egypt uh i'm thinking of japan uh you know, it'd be really dope to like to really go and shoot. Like, I see a lot of pictures coming from like uh, I want to say London and Germany that are so fucking fire. Like, cause like if you see London and Germany and like how like a lot of these people like these Europe cities are like made and things. Like their their streets are so fucking wide. It's like like this big ass street with these. Like in all these on all these buildings, especially in like Italy and Rome and Germany and stuff like that, they still have all the old like statues and shit that are still up from that was built like a long ass time ago and shit. Uh, still certain architecture and certain castles that are still there. 
And I just want to see that shit. That's another thing about Egypt too. I just want to see that shit because I just want to learn and dive deep into it. Uh, but if I had to pick one, uh, how about this? We'll go ahead and we'll go with uh, we'll go with London. Okay. Fire, fire, fire. I love it, yo. For while you was explaining that, I was like, hey, bro. I know we ain't best friends or nothing, but you and Jermaine should go to fucking Japan, dog, and go crazy with some content. Just spend like two weeks there. First off, that boy Jermaine, like you were saying, like he just be figuring out movements to do behind the cameras. Feel like the shit would be fuego. Second off, I don't know what it is about you specifically, but I feel like Japanese people would love you. <laughs> hey, look, bro. Like, it's like literally, I seen like a video. It's like. Let's say all three of us went there, we would get stared at. <laughs> like, cause like they don't get a lot of black people over there. So they just be sitting there like, what the fuck? <laughs> like they'll be so interested. <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> yo, what would be mad funny is like somebody staring at you, but you get like a film photo of them staring at you, and it's like the captions like Japanese man staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese man staring at black man. <laughs> like this, he's just like, I want it. Yo, <laughs> mad funny, mad funny. Respect to Japan. Respect to Japan. Oh, fact, but, fact, love Japan. I love anime. I love all that shit. You dig what I'm saying? Hell yeah. That hell would be yeah. such a fun trip, bro, to be honest with you, because I would just, bro, they got fucking big ass robots in the middle of the Times or they Times Square. I'm trying to see that shit. Like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, that'd be, be sick, man. Hey, I know why I like Unique. I know why. He reminds me of just an anime character. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I ain't really ever watched anime. So he's what I imagine a human version of an anime character would look like. Yeah. No, hey, unique if you watch this, no disrespect. I'm just saying, I think that's why I find you interesting. Yeah, I think he would definitely watch that. I think he'd probably he'll screenshot the report. I already know he is. (laughs) But like we watch so much anime, like, and uh, we talk about anime so much because like Literally, if I like, if I see a manga that's coming out or whatever or anything like that, because I don't really read that much. Like, I think I'm a more of an audio and visual per mm-hmm. video person. Like, I listen mm-hmm. to a lot of podcasts. Uh, I, I watch a lot of video. I'm just a visual kind of audio type person. He loves reading, so like, I'll send him a manga to read until he can tell me what it's like. Like, that's or I'll, 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 I'll be like, hey, just tell me what it's like, and if it's dope, then I'll go check it out. But if it's like, if it's trash, he'll be like, nah, bro, that shit was trash. I'll be like, all right, cool. And then we just trust each other's like anime opinions because we send so much shit back and forth. I love that. I love that. All right, here's the bonus question for you. This is our our, our last and final question, listeners. And, and listeners, if you listen consistently, you know the question. So, Vanya, it's your last day on earth. Mm-hmm. It's your last day on earth. Every picture, every piece of youtube content you've posted everything you've ever posted has to leave earth with you mm-hmm. your great-grandchildren sitting right in front of you and you got to give them a piece of advice on how to live life mm-hmm. what are you going to tell them uh live life to the fullest and don't don't try to be something that you're not like don't do not try to be something that you're not that's one thing about like life that i've learned is that trying to be something that you are and trying to be like something that that you know in your heart and your DNA, that just it's just not you, dog. You dig what I'm saying? Like, I think that's one thing that I would tell them because I learned that self. I learned that like myself, even like in, like certain things like relationships, like like um people who like you know like the like you know like the difference between like the regular like player type of dude, like the dudes like go out, you get all the bitches, all this other like that, and he just plays them. Like you dig what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the regular dude who just like 
kind of just go with the flow. Like it just is what it is. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. That type of thing. And that was always the type of dude I was. I tried to be the player, nigga, but it, it just wasn't me to be like that. Mm-hmm. So like that's one thing I've always regretted about myself when I tried to do that is like I tried to be something that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So it that's one of the things that I would say would affect them more. It's like just be who you are. Fuck what everybody else say. Fuck what everybody else got to say about you. Who gives a damn? I think that's one thing I would say to them. I love it. I love it. Authenticity is key. All right, man. So I appreciate your time today. The conversation was dope, man. I'm always grateful to learn more about, you know, creatives from the Kansas City area. The month of January for the Culture Talks podcast is all about highlighting KC creatives and just getting to know you guys better. And I'm glad that, you know, you agreed to come on the show. Um, Listeners, hopefully you enjoyed this conversation. If you really enjoyed it, please leave a five-star review as that is the only way we can grow on Apple Podcasts. So please leave a five-star review and share it with your friends. Uh, Vani, listeners, the Culture Talks podcast, we are done. Salud. See you later, dog.